got a t-shirt with bloodstains all over it, maybe laundry isn't your biggest problem right now. <laughs> I remember the day the candle shop burned down. Everybody just stood around and sang happy birthday. And a security guard came over and said, you're gonna have to move, you're blocking the fire exit. As though if there was a fire, I wasn't gonna run. <laughs> Make love to the right woman. Johnny is beautiful, beautiful. I mean, the last time I made love to my wife, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Nothing was happening. I looked her, I saw it's the matter. Can't you think of anyone either? <laughs> I never learn, you know? Like a waitress will bring my meal. Hey, enjoy your meal, you too! But you don't have one, do you? I'm a doofus! If you do eat, enjoy when you eat it. If you have a break or something later, if you get an opportunity, that's all I'm trying to say. That's all that I'm driving at, really. Hello, welcome to Comedy Think Tanked, a podcast with Leonard Kimball and Nick Gordon, two comedians who know how to take a drink and have a thought. Sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy. Now, whether they're ready or not, here's your hosts, Leonard and Nick. Hello and welcome to Comedy Think Tanked Podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I am Leonard Kimball with my co-host, co-host. Nick Gordon. That's me. <laughs> co-host is such a hard word. Why do we have co-host? That's we not should... a hard word. It's, That's not a hard we're co-hosts. word. We're co-hosts. We're oh, co-hosts. Co-hosts. Yes. We are co-hosts. Yes, we are. Co-hosts. We'll Better edit that in post. Yeah, we will. <laughs> we do so much editing. We do so much editing. You wouldn't believe how much editing we do. We, if we just release this, if we release the 10 hours of each episode that actually is recorded. Holy shit. Oh, my God. This is a good episode, though. This, this is a great episode. Uh, we interviewed uh, Dennis Price, and yes. I'm very excited about this episode. Um, so um, I'm happy, happy to be here. It doesn't matter how much editing we need to do. It's, it's great. And we've done, done a few of these now, so... I think we're getting a little better at it. <laughs> we are getting a little bit better. Uh, uh, I want to thank, uh, again, Doug Bergfeld for advice on editing. Um, had a, a really good training session with Mike Gray, who's also as a sound engineer. So he, he showed me some editing tips and software. and that, So hopefully the listeners will uh, appreciate <laughs> some changes in the quality of our audio. Um, yeah, if they're listening so, so from episode so. one through then they they certainly should if they're going back in time um they're gonna be like it's getting worse and worse isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't listen from five back to to one go start with one and then get up to like episode five six or wherever we are now that'd be good yeah i'm yeah. gonna lose track soon uh-huh so speaking of, so. of listener feedback we've gotten hundreds and hundreds of of emails and letters and messenger pigeons from people complaining that we don't actually drink on the podcast it's comedy think tanked and they're like what is what does tank refer to oh tank refers to uh uh, us drinking beers but you don't drink yeah getting Mm. tanked so hmm. 
well, do about that? to respond uh, to the listeners, I think I think we uh, may have put the cart before the horse uh, coming up <laughs> coming up with the name because I haven't. I'm I, I'm almost three months now without drinking, yeah. and not because I have a problem, but just because I want to be healthier. And I was drinking during the pandemic way too much. Uh, so yeah, it's a good it's a good feedback. It's good. Uh, criticism for what we're doing here because we came up with a great name comedy think tanked and even our logo has like beer mugs clinking right and and then whatnot and a lot of our uh interviews they've been pretty well shithoused (laughs) (laughs) so well i i will admit so i do have a beer in hand yeah and and uh, the the audience may may notice or maybe I don't know. Hopefully this will turn out fine. But this is like the actually first time I've actually had any alcohol while we're recording anything on the podcast. Yeah. Do we need to? Should we be somehow like uh, not sober <laughs> when, we, <laughs> when we do this? Should we be not sober? Should, uh, we, should we find a way to be tanked for these? Is that? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think like. Would the product be worse or better? I I would guess it would be worse. Yeah, because because we're probably not going to notice things here and there that we probably should not do or do differently or edit differently or hey that this is a kind of a stupid conversation them talking about whether or not they're actually going to drink a beer or not. <laughs> yeah, we sound like a couple of old ladies, don't we? I know. I know. <laughs> Nothing against old ladies, you know, anyone no. 45 and older, but. Uh, <laughs> I think you made it worse. <laughs> oh, I, pro- I, pro- I probably just lowered any chance I <laughs> have of anyone over the age of 45 ever speaking to me again. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I have no problem with us in the future. We'd have to like work every Friday night, though, because I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it during the week. I, I really was having too much to drink during the weekdays. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I can I can understand that uh, yeah. when like you're not leaving home and like even if you could leave home, bars were barely open or could only let like four people in at a time. And you have to stand in opposite corners of the of the bar while you're drinking. So, right. yeah, it's just not as, you know, there's no, not as much fun, I guess. I mean, things are opening now, but I get uh, figuring out, oh, I got some momentum now and I'm feeling healthier. I might as yeah. well do this. I might as well c- try to see if I can continue to do this. Try to capitalize on that. But, you know, I don't know, whatever. It's at some point where I, I didn't quit drinking. I just stopped for a little while. So obviously yeah. I think we're going to end up at a point where. Oh, we're doing a podcast. Oh, I've had a whole bottle of wine. Mm, what are we gonna yeah. do now? And it'll be just fine because that's that's it's in the name of the podcast. I think I think I was I was setting us up for future inevitabilities where uh, we would probably be doing this uh, on a on a Friday or Saturday and a few sheets to the wind. So correct, correct. And yeah. I, I I also think that another thing for the audience, a little peek behind the curtain. I also think like as we have, as we do more and more episodes we will actually get more and more comfortable with with this process like mm. right now you may not, it may not sound it because like the audience is like wow he sounds really good on the on the podcast but i'm incredibly nervous and i because i'm i'm i i can't say the damn name of the podcast i'm i'm worried about 
my my son coming downstairs because he wants to play on the Xbox. I'm worried about the cat scratching at the door because I have the door the door closed right now. I'm thinking like, don't touch my fucking keyboard because it goes click 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 clack all over the microphone. All these sort of things. <laughs> but later, later when we get to like episode twelve, I'm gonna be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, hey, let's <laughs> right. do it. I don't know. And I think I'm recording. I've never know. done cocaine before, but now's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Leonard. <laughs> it's, it's on my bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Cocaine's not. Can't that 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 that's not on your bucket list, is it really? No, cocaine is not on my bucket list. No. Okay. Uh, phew. Thank God. All right. I have I have oh, a, I have a crappy bucket list. I, I'm gonna stop Googling Pablo Escobar for you then. <laughs> what is your, what's what is on your bucket list? People talk about that, especially as they get into their forties, like we are. Well, I was, I was, uh, I was thinking about it, and unfortunately, I just realized like a few things I just jotted down on my bucket list. They're all mm-hmm. like physical things, like, Uh-oh. and and now that I'm like, you know, yes, I have, I'm lost some weight, but I'm not sure I can still accomplish almost anything on this this list right now. So I've got, I've got uh, dunking a basketball mm-hmm. on my bucket list. Uh, which I think I, I think the time has passed for that. I mean, um, on a ten foot hoop. <laughs> oh wait, uh, are they? Are they all ten feet? That's really high, man. They should make those. <laughs> they should. <laughs> they should make those shorter. They start uh, short for little kids, and then they go higher. Like once you get to high school, you're you're officially at ten foot hoop. Like probably even middle school too, right? Oh and yeah. Obviously, so. college professional ball, that's all 10 foot. But I think as you get into your 40s and whatnot, they should lower the hoops, continue, bring it back down so that way oh. with only just like doing a little tippy toe jump. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I got it. So I'm in the nursing home. I can get the, I'm in the nursing home. I can get like, what is it, like the little Fisher Price? Uh, yeah. Maybe a basketball hoop. Uh, no. Just slamming it down from your <laughs> wheelchair. I remember coaching my son when he was little, little. And the hoop was like, I don't know, like seven or eight feet off the ground. And I think I can recall thinking, I think I can dunk on this, but worried that I was going to hurt myself. <laughs> so, so I didn't even try it. So I've never dunked on anything at all. Um, so my, my uh, other items I have on my, my bucket list are, is, to, is to do a backflip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can, I can kind of do a cartwheel. So that's kind of oh, really? Yeah, I can oh, do a cartwheel. Neat. Yeah, well, I used wow. to take judo. So I'm used yeah. to like tumbling, but I can't yeah. like a backflip is serious. So it's like, you know, you're committed. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I could do a tuck and roll, that sort of stuff. If like someone throws me, I could do like the whole roll, roll over my, on the, on uh, you know, my shoulder blades, slap down, yeah. come back up in a, in a cool ninja stance afterwards and everything. I can oh, do that. No, no problem. Yeah. I, um, I cannot do any sort of flipping or tumbling or anything like that on purpose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I have definitely uh, on the on the ice rink playing hockey and whatnot. I've I've gone down and all of a sudden landed on my feet and been like, "How did I get here?" <laughs> <laughs> so I think that would be the same thing. Like you'd you'd land and you'd be like, "Oh, this isn't right. How did I do this?" <laughs> this isn't right. My, my knee shouldn't point that way. <laughs> yeah, <totally> I <laughs> feel I feel dizzy, but not spinning dizzy, like up and down around dizzy, like. Yeah, this is really strange. Mm-hmm. My, my my last bucket list item is uh is also physical. It's to knock someone out. Uh, so I've been in. I've taken martial arts before, and I thought like, uh, you know, like yeah, you hit somebody right in the 
you know, the, the chin or the jaw or right the side of the neck. And, you know, and, and they'll just, they'll, they'll drop if you hit them properly. So I, it's not like I'm going around trying to punch people out, you know, in the Hannaford, just to <laughs> be like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, guys, bucket list. Come here for a second. <laughs> bucket list. Yeah. I'd like to actually like, like maybe take a boxing class or, or, or take like a, uh, an, an over 47 uh, MMA class. <laughs> What what if we got some boxing gloves and headgear and did a comedy think tank promotional event where you and I boxed each other? Oh, oh, that would be cool. What a fundraiser! That I would, would be. kick your ass. You think so? Do you? Yeah, man. Hey, you know oh, I was. Wait a minute. I took... Wait, are you gonna put like a uh, like a hockey jersey on me and pull the shirt over my head? And no, then... no. I think okay. I would just unleash forty-one years of anger on you. <laughs> I don't think we should really fight each other, but it'd be it'd be, no. it'd be interesting to see um, if who has um, who has. I I took karate as a kid as well. I quit when I was fourteen. I was like a year away from being a black belt. Oh well, um, shit! You actually yeah. might beat me. I kick myself now, but not very well. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my big thing when I was taking martial arts was like I I wasn't very good at punching or kicking people, uh, but if we got close enough. Uh, I would start grappling because I because I did high I did high school wrestling, oh, and yeah. so we would I could get to the ground and I could just pin people. So I was taking judo. I was a white belt. And I could I couldn't properly throw a brown mm-hmm. belt, but if we got to the ground, I would I could pin him. I could just get him in a cradle and pin him and something yeah. like that. Yeah. Interesting. So I've never was... knocked out a person, but I have no. al- I have almost knocked myself out. One time. <laughs> <laughs> So I was, I was, please, so, please yeah, tell, so, <laughs> please do tell. <laughs> so I used to take, I used to take jujitsu, uh, and from this guy. And, and so he, you know, he taught us about like, you know, these sort of pressure points or nerve points in the side of your neck and stuff like that. And so like, if you, if the, this nerve gets hit and mm-hmm. like, it sends a signal to your brain that like, like, like you've had some dangerous drop in blood pressure and your brain goes, Oh, holy shit. We got to do something. We got to, we got to reset your body right now to, to, you know, for self-preservation or whatever. Yeah. And so I was like putting on a shirt. I was putting on like a dress shirt and the, the wrist was buttoned as yep. I was putting my hand through. And as so they usually my, are. Yes. Yeah, no, well, no, my, I usually unbutton the, the wrist as I take the shirt off. But for okay. some reason, I, I <laughs> the wrist was buttoned. And so I'm trying to put my hand through the sleeve with it buttoned. <laughs> and so I'm grabbing on top of my um, top of the sleeve with my other hand. I'm pulling to get my hand through and as i'm pulling my hand slips off my forearm and whack hit i hit myself in the side of the neck <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and i and i just drop i drop like a sack of potatoes i like my knee my knees buckle and i grab onto the bed and i'm like oh my god i just i just knocked myself out <laughs> <laughs> so the next, next day in class i'm like john that that shit really works. He's like, yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we've taught you to be very dangerous. <laughs> we were hoping you'd use it on someone else in self-defense. Yeah. We're not that... in your bedroom while you're getting ready to go out to dinner with your wife. <laughs> honey, honey, we can't go to dinner. Uh, I have to go to the hospital. I've just knocked myself out. We were, we were, it's just Valentine's day, Leonard. We, we're, we want to go to dinner. I want to go to dinner. It's a special occasion. It's our anniversary. You're not getting out of it that easy. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to put on my other shirt. Yeah. 
Is that what is that what you call a nunchuck? Oh no. no. no that was bad. That's bad. I just ruined the podcast. <laughs> so let's bring the podcast back up. Yeah, uh, because we'll talk about knockout. Talk about knockout punches. Dennis Price, our guest today. Like that guy is if 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 comedy is war and, and that guy he is he's he's a warrior like he is he is the undefeated champion of knockout <laughs> punches and comedy between stand-up and improv like in ollie oh, i don't i don't even know like he's just the funniest person maybe yeah, not the funniest but he's very funny and he he has these knockout punch comedy moments when you when you're with him like you know we watched him one time do stand-up uh right and he put his foot up on the wall i was he was like humping the wall i don't even remember now but it was people were rolling and he was just doing like a guest five minute spot at Uh the beginning of beginning of a stand-up show and he's (laughs) murdering like he's like he's been a headliner at carnegie hall for 20 years it was incredible no he's 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 great Mm -hmm. he's so humble too like and during the interview i told him how much in, in awe I am of his improv yeah. skills. And I called him a master of improv. And he's like, no, 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 no one ever masters this. But like, but it's, it's amazing to see he can just be in any situation. I mean, on, on stage and just be like, oh, okay. You know, this is a situation I have. Great. All right. I'm this person doing this thing. And there we go. Yeah. Here we go. And I, oh, I got to sing a song. Yeah, of course I'll sing a song. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> his 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 brain you know just goes to the funny he finds whatever it is in that moment he can act anything out he can do voices he can he's uh he's pretty incredible and and it was a, a lot of fun to talk to him uh yeah. and get his get his thoughts uh out uh in some some form some form of uh interview <laughs> yeah um, in, in a in a in a spectacularly well edited interview thank you very mm, much mm, yeah yes yes so so um so without yeah. further ado uh everyone dennis price thank you hello dennis price how are you i am very good how are you i hope it's not too loud and you can hear me good and clear we can hear you pretty clear Definitely. No, it looks like it's foggy in your your basement for some very foggy <laughs> down here it's uh <laughs> It's that 10 a.m. fog, yeah. but I think it's 11, so that's why it's even weirder. Um, but yes, yes, it's uh, it's a beautiful time to be in my basement. Well, that's awesome. Sweet. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I, I've I've done uh, some comedy with you, and I've taken classes with you, and it, and it's and I was like, oh, Dennis would be a fantastic person to interview. Uh, because, so one of the things, so when, when you first joined the Zoom room, it, it maybe re- it reminded me of like what I told somebody about you. It's like you always seem so happy. Mm. It's like you have. The, <laughs> it's like yes. I can't. I can't picture Dennis being mad about anything. Like even when like we were in the improv class and someone just sort of fucked up, and you're just like, okay, you have this big smile on your face. Okay, let's. What's a different choice we could have done? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, you know, it's like if we're talking about comedy, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like joy will always win. And no matter how miserable you are, if you found a way to bring joy in. So I'm like there are days where I, you know, I'm like, oh, my Lord, I can't believe I have to do this. But, you know, it's also like the Joe DiMaggio quote. 
that I might be having a bad day, but it, this might be the first time somebody's taking a class with me or first time seeing me work or be on stage. And so there, there has to be this, you know, especially in our business, I think you have to be a little bit, you know, willing to meet people because you're going to be at a club in Litchfield, Maine, and you're going to end up in Portland sometime. You know what I mean? So you just, you have to be willing to kind of, uh, adjust and so I kind of I'm generally pretty happy I think but I, I mean there's things that make me angry I think you know just intolerance and stupidity uh-huh. those things uh-huh. make me angry <laughs> <laughs> and even so and, I'm, and you're just out of big smile yeah I'm I'm, I'm angry right now I, have a I know yes <laughs> yes I feel I have boundless rage <laughs> uh, you know uh, but I just feel like you know uh, it, it, there is it, there's so much terrible shit going on in the world generally just you know if 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 you can just kind of talk to people personal relationships I find are generally more important than than most anything. True, true, very true. Do you do comedy just to get yourself through the day, you think? No, I do comedy as a way of of sort of occupying the different parts of my brain. Mm. Um, You know, like I feel like, I feel like sometimes life is like a you know like i used to hate it when people say like oh there's uh you know there's a um you know uh, you're always on stage i used to hear all the time and it make i think that that made me angry because it, it's it's sort of to me it implied that there's nothing real you know you don't have a real personal okay. moment because you feel like you're always in front of a crowd and and as i got older i started to realize that I'm not always on stage. I'm just interesting. <laughs> I, I, I just am interesting to hear, and people are drawn to that. And and I and I say that not, you know, I don't want to sound like an arrogant asshole, but it's like it's you know as well as I do. There are people who, when they speak, they they are drawn, and that's a power mm. and it's a curse because sometimes you just want to get the fuck out of some place, but everybody's like, hey. <laughs> you let's talk about that <laughs> and the other times you're like oh my god i feed on this you know and, and uh-huh. i think comedians understand it's kind of like if i'm using this term correctly it's like the occam's razor right like either way it's like you 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 do comedies <laughs> timing two poodles <laughs> you do comedy so that you can share your opinion <laughs> You do comedy so you can share your opinion, get your thoughts out there, right? Yeah, and then yeah. you – but sometimes it's just like I don't want to talk to any fucking body. I just want to go home as soon as the show's over. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like this right. weird this weird thing. So do I do comedy to get through the day? No. I think the day is comedy. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, yeah. I think living day to day is like it, it, there's a thousand different things that are hilarious and it's just like – Man, what a world! <laughs> yeah, you got, you, and you got to look to the you got to look to the funny because if you don't, you you, you get the oh, press. attitude is a choice. Right quick. Yeah, attitude yeah. is a choice. You make a choice you, every time you you are pissed off or you're happy. It's like so that's also part of it too. It's like you 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 feel like the day is you know life's going to come to you. You know what I mean? If you just wait and let it come to you, let it wash over you, you're like, oh, that's an interesting thing that, you know, I wonder if anybody noticed that. <laughs> right, right, right. And if, if you're the one to bring it, if you're the one to bring it out and you get the laughs, you get you get the benefit of that. Right, right, from, absolutely. From two different perspectives. And I think that part of, part of that is natural for comedians. You know what right. I mean? Comedians, I think, naturally 
they're empathetic, even though like some comedian shtick is to like hate everything. They, they yep. still have to be sensitive enough to talk about the things they hate. Right. <laughs> so, Absolutely. so the joy of of things I think also can be explored. You know, when you when you think about how great things are. Um, you know, the a joyful comics like early Howie Mandel when he would like no no wait you know like back then when he wasn't hosting the the box, the, the briefcase show. And then like, um, <laughs> I think about, uh, Yakov Smirnov who made a career like, you know, everything is great. And it was just like, this, <laughs> it was such America. an overload of joy that you were like, man, what's he going to say next? You know, it's just, and they're sometimes talking about bad things and, and treating them as great things. And yes, yes. Yep. Hey, it's it's like trying to find something funny to say about your dogs barking in the background. The dogs are sons of fucking bitches. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, they're so. It's like I'm 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 actually a dog sitting right now too. So ah. I, I have three animals in the house. I've got okay. If you do that math, that's twelve paws. That's uh, sixteen <laughs> feet if you count us. And my wife is still wondering why it's sand. Why is there sand in the kitchen? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Understand. Why, what are you doing? We what? don't live near the beach. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. I get it. I get it. Bring the beach to us. Um, I know. <laughs> I have one cat and she doesn't even go outside, but yet there's still dirt everywhere. I don't know yeah. how yeah. it's possible. It <laughs> drives me right. crazy. It's the cat's ass. Yes. I hate um, animals' anuses. <laughs> so. So yeah, that's what I think about like like looking through the day in comedy and things like that. What what do you you know, what do you choose to 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 explore? And sometimes you choose to explore certain subjects and and I think you can only get so far, right? But how, you know, there are you know, there's it's the it's the end of the spectrum. There's a lot of ways to say you hate something and there's a lot of ways to say you love something. <laughs> right. No, good point. Very good point. Yeah, what do you choose? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about that new car you got? Do you love that or do you hate oh, it? Oh, the fucking beef wagon, baby. <laughs> on in my beef wagon. Um, it's it's sexy. It is uh, it 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 is simple and it is efficient. Uh, I prior to that, I drove a 2005 Ford F one fifty that got like oh. twenty miles to yeah twenty miles to the gallon. So whereas I felt, but it was only a two wheel drive and it was a stick shift. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like a Pepe car. You know what I mean? You, know, you yeah, understand yeah. that terminology. Yeah. yeah. So I, but I didn't retire it. I didn't trade it in. So I kept it, but it has 180,000 miles on it. Ooh. And I was like, I'm, I never want to buy a regular car again because I think that's stupid. So I was like, what kind of hybrid do I want? And I don't like Toyotas. I think they're slushy. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Um, I don't like Hyundai because I don't find them aesthetically pleasing. Uh, but I enjoy a Kia, which is essentially like Hyundai's little brother. Um, and it follows the pattern. If what we're doing here is talking, I can tell you this. I like the underdog. I always try to go for the underdog. So I like the Kia. So I bought this Kia Nero, right? Like, uh, you know, That's a real I don't, name. I'm not quite sure what it is. Yeah, man car. I don't know. Gender. <laughs> If we're still gendering automobiles, but this is this would if we, if we were doing that, <laughs> it would not be near the the blue. If that's still a thing we do. Uh, but, I, but it is. It's fantastic. I get forty eight miles to the gallon. I get five hundred miles to the tank. That's really good. Yeah. Oh no shit! Can't be so, that. 
why would you like anything else? Any other kind of automobile? It's just like it's just like a decoration. It's like, well, this decoration has a little bow tie on it, and this decoration says Toyota. It's like, who cares? If you don't have the most scientifically advanced car, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So I'm like, you know, get a Tesla. If once we're all driving electric cars, it'll be like, what were we thinking? What were we right. thinking? What, what was going on? But then again, right. I'm a, you know. I'm a, I'm a sort of just a, a wild earth loving hippie in training, I guess. I you know I have my my hybrid, but I still use paper plates. So <laughs> oh oh, be still my heart. Oh, you know, I don't do paper I don't plates. Use I, I tried not to use paper towels. So it's <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? I don't, I don't use toilet paper. I just sort of hair. I just sort of you use the three plate. shells. You use the three shells. <laughs> Oh my God! I don't want a bidet. I'll tell you if we're talking butt stuff. I don't want a spray. Don't do that. I like a flushable wipe, but I don't want a fatberg, so I don't really flush the wipes anymore. But I like a, I like a, I, I like a clean bottom. But I'm not using a bidet. I'm using a wipe, some sort of dissolvable kelp thing. Uh, Can we develop that? It's not a bad idea. Of seaweed next to the toilet. Couldn't it? Couldn't it just die? You know, like it, it's it's strong enough to last for like one wipe, and then it just disintegrates. It's just like poof. You know. I think that's that's what kale chips are, right? That that's exactly. I mean, they make a golf ball out of lobster shells that you right. can hit into the ocean and hit safely. Can I mean? Oh. Are we not there? We're not there yet. I think we are, but someone's making a lot of money the other way. So come on, come on, NASA, get on that. NASA. Get on that NASA. We got NASA in Maine now, anyway. So that's oh, right. Really? Yeah. yeah. So so you guys had a show last night. Congratulations. I guess it went well. You had people oh. there. I was gonna come, but my wife didn't want to go a, a single place. <laughs> she didn't miss much. <laughs> I told her that. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. She she we because she's an actual teacher. She does stuff. So she um. She was pretty tired, and it was rainy. My God, it was crazy. I was in Martins yesterday, and it was like thundering and lightning. Yeah, it started off uh, crazy raining. We thought people weren't weren't going to show up, but uh, it it just it just stayed dark and foggy. But uh, we still had a pretty good turnout. Every everyone nice. who we expected showed up. Do you uh, like doing the shows at the hotel? Yeah, that's a really nice venue. It's a it's a really big room. So as 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 long as we need to uh, space out tables, you know, we can yeah. space out tables and be and be safe. And everyone's wearing masks. And it is it Amy Griswold who does that there. I don't know that name. Okay, uh, they, have a, they have a new event coordinator we just started huh. working with. Well, I think it's a great deal. It's just. There's got to be a comedy theater somewhere yep. in this fucking region. And mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm dying to open it. Like, I want to <laughs> open something like in Hollowell or Augusta and just have it be, you know, a comedy club. I'm tired of doing fucking bar prov and bar stand-up. Like, blah, I want a club. I want a fucking club. Yeah, well, when, when, Nick and I opened the, when Nick and I opened the punch hole, uh, we, we'll, please, we'll, we'll let you in. <laughs> please, Dr. Yuck Yuck's punch hole. <laughs> I think if we get enough people together, uh, we might be able to, to get the down payment. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, right. Let's see a bunch of part time comedians. Yeah, What's exactly. wrong with this investment opportunity? <laughs> 
I'm sure, you know, we'll pay you back when people start coming to the shows. Well, they right. will never pay you back, sir. Yeah. <laughs> There's 45 so your... people on the lease. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, 40 of whom are not even in the state because we mm-hmm. had to, like, call people up. Like, listen, Mom, I think it's really good. <laughs> You trust me, really? If you trust me, um, yeah. So I'm like, you know, I'm just trying. But now that I run Cumston Hall, you know, we're gonna do some comedy stuff there, uh, and I'll be in touch with you guys about how we get that going and stuff. That's cool. a, that's a great opportunity and, and a great venue. Um, unfortunately, yeah. it's in a very small town um, and kind of hard to get to for some people that have never been there. But once you get there, holy shit, what a great place, huh? Yeah, and I'm working on yeah. that. I'm working on making it easier to know how to fucking get there. <laughs> so, I promise you. You trust they me. Ha- they have map quests now. <laughs> yeah, no shit. GPS that. Even my fucking Nero. They got yeah. uh, the old uh, Apple CarPlay. Baby. Um, but yeah, it's good. Uh, I-, I like it. You, you're the president of the Friends of Cumston Hall. Yeah. And I'm the caretaker of the hall. So I kind of feel, feel uh, two roles now. What does that entail? So the caretaker of the hall does stuff like, you know, I am in charge of, like, ordering toilet paper. I schedule the building. So the schedule Mm -hmm. comes through me. I am the liaison to the trustees. So, Leonard, like, I'll just tell you now, I think that, you know, you'll never have to work something through the theater at Monmouth ever again because all you'll have to do is say Dennis I want to do a show and if you choose to have the theater at Monmouth benefit from your you know gate proceeds Mm -hmm. then fantastic but that's sort of what they're trying to do with the hall make it be less about like what's the theater at Monmouth going to plan next and just be like we need to do stuff and let's go because I think they missed that they missed having someone there. Buddy was basically floating to all these buildings and not, you know, focused on one thing. So I'm okay. trying to do more of that. I have heard the name Buddy floated around. So, so yeah, for yeah. for our listeners who may not know, I was on the board at Theater Monmouth for oh, yes. for a few years, uh, working with uh, Dominic Andrews there, and that was a fun time. It is it was it was hard to understand. Uh, you know, uh, what's the difference between the theater at Monmouth and Cumston Hall. Oh, buddy, we go through this all the time. (laughs) And that's part of why I got hired. Uh Um, In fact, just recently, we managed to get it so that the theater at Monmouth listing on Google is actually properly listed as a part of Cumston Hall. (laughs) Oh, so that's why I got lost last time on my GPS. Exactly right. (laughs) Exactly right. What we, you know, it's just people, you know, and that's that's a common misconception because when you when you're called theater at Monmouth and you drive to Cumston Hall and you go to the theater, guess uh-huh. what it seems like? But really, <laughs> Cumston Hall is the host of Correct. the theater at Monmouth, the Cumston Library, Monmouth Academy Drama, Monmouth Academy Drama, Monmouth Community Players, and oh, so it's, yeah. a, it's just a venue that's trying to up and coming, and there'll be comedy there too. Yeah, I was, trying, I was explaining it to Nick before we got on with with you uh, that the theater theater at Monmouth is like is the company you know the or, or the organization I guess that yes put, that, the theater that puts Monmouth on is place. a private organization yeah uh, uh, you mentioned that the the library there and I'm like oh my god but my kids love that little library like oh it's an amazing we, library yeah we go there for plays. And I, I got to drag them out of the library because the play is starting. Like, let's go, let's right. go upstairs. Come on. Yeah. 
it's really a, nice it's <clears throat> it's really a special place. Mm-hmm. And in my time there, like we, the whole building's going to be wired for internet. We we have fiber optic internet coming, so the opera hall will have connectivity. The caucus hall will have connectivity, and we're going to put some stuff outside. <laughs> um, you said caucus hall. Caucus. <laughs> caucus hall. Oh, please! You know, like beautiful Cumstain <laughs> Hall, the Cockass Hall. Harry Cockring. It's like I've heard them all. I've heard oh, everyone. <laughs> oh god! Are you guys in a, are, you, are you making any efforts to change the name? <laughs> That's right. Well, if Pepsi wanted to give us a billion dollars, <laughs> hello Pepsi. Uh, Pepsi, <laughs> Cumston Hall, perfect. Um, <laughs> no, we basically. I mean, it's like it's it's sort of the thing. If you haven't called it Cumstain Hall, you haven't really. You haven't lived in yeah, Monmouth right, or been associated right. in Monmouth, so. Uh, but yeah, that. there's all kinds of there's all kinds of innuendo. I mean, it's a seventy foot phallus that's on the right hand side of it, so that's it true. is. You know, there's that. Um, I don't know if you've seen inside, but all the naked little cherubs floating around. I mean, it's a paradise of pervasive <laughs> activity, uh, and that's what we're trying to get more of. So. Excellent. Nice. Nice. <laughs> it could be a strip club too, I guess. Then. Well, I mean, no. the, you be... know, there's some town things that we got to work on. Uh, I'm trying to get them <laughs> to just simply serve alcohol, but that seems uh... like um, it seems like uh, how can I say it? Like a good uh, example, slaying a dragon. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it's like. <laughs> It's like finding a mythical dragon and having to kill it. And, and then having it's, to kill it, yeah. Getting yeah. them to serve alcohol or getting them to turn into a strip club? Both, it turns uh, out. Because I, I, really, I think, I think Cochran's Cuties sounds good. <laughs> it's alliterative. Anywho, no, the, the idea is like, because it's a town building. So the town owns it. So then if you serve booze, it's like, oh, so you're drinking on town property? And it's like, oh, sweet God. So then I'm like, uh, what do we do? And so I'm trying to figure out ways that we can work with the town to creatively solve the problem and offer the public what we know they want. Mind-numbing alcohol. I hope we're not, I hope we're not creating any issues by talking about it in a public forum like this. Well, the dozens of people who will hear this podcast... <laughs> I'm kidding. It'll be heard. But listen, this is it. I mean, I say the same thing. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I'm being facetious. I love my job. I love that building. And the one thing I'm trying to do is talk more about it, take more pictures mm-hmm. of it, get people out there, have more things happen, make sure it's not dormant. It's not a museum. It's not a monolith. It's best when people are in it. Yeah. So, you know, no, we've been there a also, few times. And yeah. It's, it's an amazing place. So it, yeah, it, it, really it will should never be utilized. Fail. It'll never fail. It'll never fail because people love it. It is unique and one of a kind, and it is publicly owned. So it, the library will be there forever, it, you know, stuff like that. So Excellent. Nice. So you personally, uh, let's let's talk, since this is a comedy podcast, and, yeah. and we want to talk comedy specifically. Yeah. Make sure you edit your... that. Just edit it out. Just take all that shit out. Jesus, <laughs> just get to the good shit. I mean, we don't yeah, need to hear yeah. an hour and a half of me talking. <laughs> well, that's the whole point of having you on, is to hear oh, you talking. Oh, shit. Okay, we, yeah. We okay. love the sound of your voice. No. Uh, uh, me too. Where, where, where do you come from? Where, where, is, where, is, uh, where, where do you hail from originally? Yes. Okay. So speaking of Cumston Hall, mm-hmm. uh, I am from Blacksburg, Virginia. Virginia. Go Hogan's. 
Uh, Blacksburg, Virginia is in the southwestern part of the state of Virginia. Um, I grew up in Blacksburg, and I went to Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, so I was a townie. And in 1998, I auditioned uh, in Boston, Massachusetts at the New England Theater Conference, which was this giant audition, 200 people in the room. You got two minutes to do something. And so I basically went through... Um, and I auditioned and I got called back by some places and this little theater in Monmouth, Maine called me back theater at Monmouth. And this was 1998. Wow. So I, I didn't, I got a couple other callbacks, met with people, but I didn't hear anything on the phone. And so I eventually called and I said, Hey, you know, I'm not doing anything this summer. If you want to, I'm, I'm interested in the performing arts. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so he was like, okay, let me take a look at your stuff. I'll call you later. And so I get home. By the time I drove from school to home, it was ready. And this was back in the days of answering machines. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Uh, and so I checked my machine, um, and it was the theater at Monmouth. They wanted me to be a an intern. Now, keep in mind, I was 20 years old. Uh, I was a junior in college, um, and I would be making $50 a week before taxes. <laughs> Cha-ching. So, oh, baby. <laughs> so yeah, so I so I so here's the other part about it. Now it's a great story. I went off of the form that I got at the audition that said you had to be there by June 1st. And so I I was flying. I you know, I, I didn't have a car that I could drive all the way up there. And so I went and I, I basically booked my airplane ticket for the 1st of June through, you know, the the end date, which is what they gave me. Well, I call the guy, I call this guy and, and he runs the theater and I'm like, hi, yes, I'd be there on June 1st. And he's like, well, that's dumb. You're not supposed to be here till the 7th. And I was like, but, but sir. <laughs> and he was like, well, see if you get it changed. And I was like, okay. So first of all, I was like, who is this guy? Schnarf. Uh, and then I was like, I'll call the airline. And so I called the airline and they're like, it's $150. So I call back. And I'm like, I can't do it. And he goes, all right, well, we'll find something for you to do, you goober. And so that was, that was, I was like, this is where I belong. I love this person. And sure enough, when I got here, his, his name is David Greenham. Um, and I would say that probably Dave Greenham is one of the reasons why I am in Maine and have my life here, for sure. Wow. Uh, because he ran the theater at Mama. So if you don't know Dave, he is now uh, the executive director of the Maine Arts Commission, among wow. other sort of various and sundry things. Uh-huh. It's funny how one one little decision, one little uh, fateful oh. moment changes everything. In your uh, life. Yeah. Yeah, it's, buddy. It's so crazy. That summer when I was doing summer theater, I'm, I, I was, you know, hanging out with a girl and her friend dropped her off because she didn't drive. And I remember my the, the the person I was hanging out with, she was walking up the steps, and I look over at her driver, and I'm like, man, she's beautiful. And I, she gets inside, and I was like, who is that? And she's like, oh, that's my friend. I go, well, tell her to come hang out. And now <laughs> I'm married to her. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was the first time I met my wife was in 1998 for like a split second. But oh, I remember yeah. like, my God, that woman looks – she looks like a Scandinavian voluptuous princess. In Maine, really? Yeah, and now I'm now she's Mrs. Price. That's uh, sucker born every minute. Oh, thank God! Thank you, Jesus. Right? Thank you. What if you G- hadn't said anything though? Like, what if you hadn't called that guy back to come up to Maine? And you hadn't said anything to the girl you were hanging out with? I mean, 
Yeah, buddy, I think about that all the time. I mean, my life was made in Maine basically from one summer. Mm -hmm. One summer I made my life in Maine. Hey, right. Uh-uh. No, no, don't. Sorry. Are you going to dog sit again? <laughs> not, not when I'm doing a damn podcast. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. you did you stay? Wilbur. Did you, did, Wilbur. What a, what a name. His what mother, name. Charlotte. Jesus. <laughs> Charlotte, um, Charlotte and Wilbur. Will, hush. Shh. I'm trying to do a podcast for Nick and Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I am so sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Edit that. Edit that somehow so it sounds like you know none, this none week of this our, is actually... our guest Dennis Price. I'm trying to do a podcast. In all honesty, it it would be an edit point if you weren't so damn funny about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> damn it. So that's how we're in. We got our first laugh. That's how I got here, 1998. 1998. Now, here's the addendum to the story. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. But the addendum to the story is that summer, the master electrician of the theater was almost electrocuted, which is Whoa. bad. Usually. Mm-hmm. And this happened uh, two days before we were to open the season. And like a military operation that was around the clock without stop, the theater workers and me and my we all came together. We rewired every light, every fixture, every cable. We installed a brand new lighting system, everything. We were still rehearsing, running our lines while we were going over things. And we opened without any problem. And that kind of crucible, you want to talk about, like, fate. It was like, that did a lot for me. Like, my God, this place is magical. What is happening? Yeah. And so that's that's why I love this place. Interesting. That's a great story. Thanks, that's, man. I mean, it's yeah. the truth. And I love Maine. And I love, I love comedy in Maine. I love, like, talking to you guys. Sometimes I feel like, you know, like, I don't. I want to do more, but I also, it's like, I do so much that I don't want to do a whole lot of things kind of shitty. I'd like to do like three or four things well. Um, And, you know, like I've done some some River Comics stand-up shows and stuff like that. And I like stand-up, but I would say my heart probably will always be with improv. Um, And I try to do like, I would say probably, and I think Leonard saw this, like I did a set at the Craft Brew Underground that I felt probably was was the first time I felt like really pure in terms of like stay like pure, like you like a hit a golf shot or like a, ba- it, just something where it was just like, it, it was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the ball just like had this perfect arch and it just like swishes into and, the, the hole. Yeah. Like, and it was just like, <laughs> wow, that was, that was amazing. And I, I had one of those uh, before all the, the pandemic stuff. And, and, you know, it was like, wow, that's a great feeling, and I, I want to get more of that. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I just haven't been ready to do shows yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I've done improv shows in Zoom. I've done a few private improv shows. But I want to – I'll tell you, for me, and maybe you guys can talk about this because you've been there, I, I want to go be a part of an audience again before yeah. I – before I get up in front of an audience again. Does that make sense? 
I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, you want to yeah. see how it's gonna how the how the 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 group atmosphere is gonna feel and, and, yeah. and how safe you're gonna feel and yeah. And so I, we have been there and and I feel like uh, you know it, it it is a safe space for the most part. Um, there are there are some issues that still need to be worked out amongst uh, people. Unfortunately, yeah. um, you know, people come from different backgrounds and have different beliefs on things. And, and uh, you know, in order to get through a show, you need to all come together as one and kind of play by the rules. And Well, that's see, that's the feeling I have is for me, the, the, the live performance of any type of any type, but especially comedy is such an intimate thing. Right. It's right. a it, you are you are getting these disparate humans to try to laugh at the same thing. And that has to be a collective experience where everyone's on board. And if you have somebody who doesn't want to wear a mask and, and be at my show and have it be the elephant in the room and take focus away from my work, then I don't want to be a part of that. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with saying that's not for me. I, I just don't want to do that. And until we're back to a place where we don't have to worry about this person's mask and this person isn't, blah, 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 blah then, then you're going to deal with that. And and it's all it's like a heckler. It's basically like a morality heckler. Yeah. You know, if it, it, you you have to think about it where it's like what you want to do is you're trying to make this whole public thing about your deal. And I've not done this for a fucking year. And you want to make this like your little thing. It's like this is my livelihood, man. So yeah. I, I couldn't mess around with that. It's funny you say that. We we recently encountered that um, exact scenario, and it was. Uh, it ended all right, but you know, at the same time, it was it was one of those situations that you know, you're just standing there going, like, "I cannot believe this is what we have to deal with right now." It's like womp 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 womp. It's yep. just there. It's always yep. there. It was yep. Like the yep. first time ever, I've had to kick somebody out of a show. Like mm -hmm. it was just it and, was just and, amazing. And shouldn't you be so excited that you're at the show? Yeah, yeah. Like, like don't <laughs> like shouldn't that just, be like basic like number one? Yeah, Number after a one year, is I'm out you're out. <laughs> yep. You're getting a beer served to you. Like <laughs> And that's part of it, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like that's part of it. It's like that that's that's part of the joy. It's like that's a choice. And what you're doing is you're making a choice that then everybody else has to like deal with. You know? Right. Everybody else. So it's like, I'm not gonna change. I want the world to change. It's like, think about this from a comedian standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a comedian telling the worst fucking joke over and over and continuously complaining about how stupid the audience is. It's like, <laughs> buddy, hey, buddy, okay, we get it, but it ain't the audience. Change right. yourself. You know what I mean? Change yourself. Be willing to change yourself. Yeah. And, and that to me is, that's like the basis of comedy. <laughs> it takes a tiny, tiny bit of self-reflection and, and adjustment. Yeah, it, it just just like one Five second little thing of saying like, oh, hold on a second, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Oh my it, God, it's, it's so, it can, some for some folks, it's impossible, impossible. And I try to do that. Yep. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. In all in all aspects of life, like maybe I'm doing this just a little bit wrong. Maybe what can well, I do? Well, that's just it. it. I mean, I hate to fucking quote John Mayer, but you're waiting on the world to change <laughs> while you're staying the same. <laughs> waiting on the world to change. Here I'm waiting, waiting. Um, but you know what I'm saying. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> hey. What? Oh, you're the same mug. Oh, same yeti mug. Buddy. I get the handle. You are oh, my yeah. yeti buddy. These um, are good mugs. But yeah, it's like it's like I think that's a great, like that's a great comedy lesson. Is yeah. 
you know, it, it's it's if you're unwilling to change, then <laughs> you're unwilling to be successful. <laughs> right. <laughs> Boom. Good. There you go. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So getting getting back to to you know your origins here in the state of Maine, I'm I'm the only actual Mainer in the room, I guess. So that's interesting. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Leonard's from Chicago. Is uh, mm-hmm. that's right. Did, Chicago, did Illinois, to- Wacker yeah, State. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how to get the Wacker and State. Um, oh, oh, so yeah, so that was what happened. So so I, I can follow this rabbit hole down here. I basically moved. I, I lived in Chicago for three years. I did comedy and improv at Second City, and, and I took classes at Improv Olympic and the Playground, all these different places. But my father was sick. My companies kept moving, and I was like, I'm fucking cursed. And so I moved back home, and then I came back to Maine. Eventually, I decided to live here for good. And having been in Chicago, when I got to Maine, I was like, my God, there's like nobody doing improv. There was nothing in Bangor. There was nothing down south. It was basically college groups. The only group I knew of was this group in Farmington uh, called the, the the Lounge Chair Pirates, which I knew a girl <laughs> sort of, you know, with. And so I was like, my God, I got to go see this. And so I went and I was like, oh, improv. Oh, my God. And so I was like, listen, if you ever want me to do a thing, I, I was so, like, excited to find it. But then, you know, the the focus group up in Bangor wanted to get started, and I was excited to get back there and do stuff. So it was just a number of different things that fell together that I basically was like, I could do comedy in in, in in Maine. And it wasn't until 2012 when I, I sort of did it in earnest and I started, um, you know, Capital City Improv, started in Reedfield at the Emporium. We were doing shows and it was like we started go- doing free shows. So many people came, they couldn't hear me. So then we eventually had to like move it and we had to go to the Augusta, uh, the, the, it's a place called uh, the Governor Hill Mansion. Um, oh, yeah. And Oh, and I think that's where I, I think that's where I met you. Might have been. Yeah, I was working at, I worked, used to work at Kennebec Savings Bank. Yes. I think, I think you did a show for us there. And I was like, oh my God, that was fantastic. And I think I met Julie Poulin there without knowing it as, as well. And yep. then like afterwards, when I got into comedy and got into improv, I was like, wow, yeah. you guys look familiar. <laughs> Hang on, man. I don't yeah. seen y'all. I don't <laughs> seen y'all. Um, and so that's what I started doing. And basically like, I mean, the bottom line is, like you guys have discovered, I am the one-man operation of Capital City Improv. If any if any press goes out, it's because of me. Any pictures, any of that stuff, all that stuff. And so, it, you know, I discovered as a teacher, because I became a teacher in Maine, that I, w- like, I was like, oh, my God, I could do more comedy stuff if I had more time to do comedy stuff because I didn't want to be a shitty teacher you know what I mean? Yeah. Doing, a, you know, again, spread myself too thin. So that's why in 2019, I decided to quit teaching and do comedy full time. And that was when I started doing more stand up gigs. That's when I started booking my uh, more more comedy gigs. And then, you know, in March, I had to cancel five straight engagements. And Leonard was a part of, I think, two of those. Um, and so it was just one of those things where. I took this job at Cumston Hall for a little bit of security, but it's part time and it still gives me time to like write and think about stuff and, and jot down ideas and think, you know, this would be funny and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I will get back to doing more comedy stuff without any doubt. Sure. Absolutely. 
Yeah, no, that that'll never leave you. I, I feel like we'll be doing comedy until the day we all die. I mean, yeah. when, once you start doing it and you get the feeling of, uh, you know, even just getting a little bit of a laugh, it's like, okay, I'm good. Let's let's keep going. Let's keep right. going. Right, it let's is. It's, take this. it's, no. it's addictive. And it's just no. like in Monsters, Inc., when they discover that the laughter is more powerful than the, the fear. It's yeah. like I tell all my students, I think I've told you that before, Leonard. It's like the laugh, the laugh is so much more powerful than the fear. You know what I mean? Like, that's why being scared, I feel like on stage is so much, it's like such a better choice to, 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 to find that joy in common things. And you see that. And I I think that'll happen. Yeah. People always say, Oh, oh, sorry. I was gonna say, people always say, I'm so nervous getting up and doing comedy. It's like, no, 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 you're not nervous. You're excited. You're excited (laughs) to get up there. Yeah. You can't wait. Yes, absolutely. Uh Absolutely. And I find that when I, when I carry that with me, I sometimes don't have nearly as good performance as if I'm just like, I got this. There's nothing else I can do. Fuck it. I got my little thing. I got my shtick all planned. We'll see how it all works. You know what I mean? And you just trust it. It's hard to trust it. And and I think that's sometimes that's that's why like I still get nervous, but it's also because the the you know sometimes the variables are you know we're performing at a VFW hall in you know some town that might not have ever seen improv before, and I've done that. Like I did a I did a show at the Legion Hall myself in, in Winthrop uh, for one of their shows, and it was like holy moly. And I got, I had, I had old ladies up with me doing games. I had these old men pretending that they were a dog. It was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) And, and when you're there, you're, when you leave those shows, you think to yourself, that wasn't, that wasn't nearly what I felt like it was going to be. I didn't, it took me a while to adjust, but they'll be talking about Earl who played the dog for the rest of their life. Right. Yeah, and it's so that true. kind of that that kind of experience that like I love that 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 creation. So and I and I have that and I'm lucky to have that. And and I'm I'm pretty lucky to be able to work with good people too. So that's you know, that's the biggest thing. I really really love improv uh also and and it's 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 a it's amazing like it, being in those moments that that didn't come from my writing something in my basement it's like you know just like some some weird thing that happens on stage and i'm thinking about it forever like like the the class i i uh, wait did i take both your classes i took one class with you and then being able to perform with with you on stage and i was like and and i was like oh my god dennis is like a master at this this is fantastic (laughs) this is incredible how he does this and like i i remember you saying like you know we were on stage and we're like nervous about saying something he's like just just go and say something because everyone else is on stage to help everyone else on stage and so like you know we started doing underground improv again at, at cbu and it, there was yeah. one point on stage where i just like i like I, no one had anything and so i just stepped forward and i said the shittiest thing i could say and it was and it got no laugh <laughs> but at least it was like someone else was behind me and bam they got a laugh. I was like yeah. great all right here we go <laughs> exactly it's, it's, right Exactly right. And I, I, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm always learning and, and I don't think you ever master this. It's like, it, it's, it's one of those things where the more diverse group of people you play with, I think the better you develop a catalog of, you know, relationships, you know, my relationship with you on, uh, you know, on stage is different than with, you know, Amy Rader or Julie Poulin or any of the people that work for, for, for Capital City 
you know, it's just there's always a a personal relationship that you sort of keep. And so I, I love to play with diverse people. I like to play with different groups. I like to call up, you know, just random audience members and, and do stuff with them. I do that in a couple different iterations. So it's really, you know, it, it's the ability to you know work with people and sort of understand where people are as soon as you 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 meet them you know and and just like anything i say you know cuz I, I you have to be able to read the room and and comedians can do that you know if you're sensitive if you're really able to like you walk in and you're like okay seems like an angry crowd tonight so let's see what we you know what i mean or or you know it's like jesus they're eating out of my hand here so let's let's get weird you know like oh, you yeah. can read the room and those skills translate into so many other things you know when when i meet in in politics i'm a select board member in the town of reedfield it, it it's you know that you know, when you get there, it's like you just there's a way of uh, of communicating. And, and it's just it, it's one of those things that you use the same thing. You read the room, you know, as soon as somebody comes up to you, it's like this person is angry about the taxes. And sure enough, it's like, <laughs> what is going on? It's like, well, I knew it. <laughs> you know, these are not the taxes you're angry about. Uh, <laughs> but but it, it does. It happens. And I think those sorts of things, when you look at the skills set that doing comedy gives you, you don't want to lose it. And the way that you don't lose it is you continue to do comedy. So you'll right. always do some kind of entertainment. You'll always do some kind of comedy thing. You're going to make the best dad jokes if you don't already, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. For the last year, I've been entertaining my kids almost exclusively. And uh... <laughs> Tough crowd kids. Tough crowd. So if you're Tough making crowd. them laugh, like, no. they don't, you know, you tell a bad <laughs> joke with them and they're like, that's not funny. Yeah, just just cold, but they, beautiful. They the turn and walk away. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. zero. Yeah. yeah, that's why I said you know doing children's theater is so much harder than doing like like normal theater because if a kid is not interested, they'll look at their teacher and go, "This is boring," and you haven't lived until one of the young audience members, this cherubic little child, looks up and is like, "This is boring." You're like, oh, wait, kid, it gets better. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only 20 more minutes. <laughs> I promise you. In a second, I come back as a lion, okay? It's a good effect. Now sit down and shut up, kitty. No, I'm kidding. Don't tell the kids to shut up. They don't like no. that. That's hate language. That's angry language. That's right. That's right. As, as a teacher uh, of uh, – what did you teach? Like English and eight, drama. Okay. Makes sense. That makes Go sense. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. And now you're, you, you teach improv. Uh, how, how do you find that as far as um, – you know, just people coming off the street and saying, oh, I want to try doing that. Um, I find that the the people who <laughs> I find the people who come off of the street are generally easier to teach. OK, um, because I think, you know, they want to uh, make it so that, um, you know, they have a beginner's mind. So when you mm -hmm. tell them, like, what would you, you know, they don't have anything like, well, in my acting class, I was told with emotion, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just like they're very real. And you you don't have to worry about their authenticity, right, because they don't know how to be fake yet. Right. With performers right. teaching improv or stand-up, I mean, and I don't say that being ugly, it's just a fact – you have to sometimes find a way inside of your brain to sacrifice saying that one hilarious line that may ruin the scene but get a huge laugh 
over, uh, you know, I'm going to cultivate this idea and try to, you know, work together to, to do it. I know that if I'm, you know, I know that if I said this, it'd be funny, but it would ruin the scene. It would end it. And all the people who gave me their trust to build this thing will look at me like, oh, fuck you. That's got to be oh. like the most that's got to be the, the the hardest thing to to understand when you're on stage. Mm-hmm. Like because like we all we all want to be the person that gets that laugh. But like, but it's hard to think like, I, I don't want to just be the person that gets to laugh, it, but I want to be the person that might keep the scene going to build, keep building yes. on this thing we've developed. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, that's that's the biggest thing, I feel like. And it's not that, that's not to say like sometimes one time I like you don't want us to say anything funny. It's like, no, I want you to say something funny that continues the scene to grow and doesn't like kill the scene or kill someone in the scene. So then it's like, OK, well done, you know, um, <laughs> and, and that's that's important. And, and I am as guilty of sometimes like because my my little seven year old child brain gets going. It's like I sometimes do that and I have to step away and be like, just breathe. You know, I don't have to be in every scene, even though I'm sure you could bring something valuable to every scene, Dennis. You don't need to be in it. <laughs> and and I think about, you know, like like we can all make, you know, I can shoot reasonably from from the the floor. I can, um, you know, I could, you know, if I were taller and more athletic, I'm sure I could dunk, whatever. They're great shots. They count as two points. But when you make the extra pass, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like everyone has uh, a stake in it. Everyone right, has right. a stake in it. Oh, that, that's like something that happened on, uh, you know, Doug Bergfeld's podcast, Ultra Quiz Plus. I was uh-huh. I was on there and I and uh, at one point I was saying something that wasn't very funny, but like Mike Gray had something that added to it. And then that that's where the laugh came and, yeah. or Amanda Kinsey says something. And that's that's where the laugh came. And so I told them like, yeah, I used I used to coach youth basketball and I would tell the kids all the time. All I want are assists. And so uh, I was like, I'm just passing the ball to you. I pass the ball to you. I, you go ahead and make the points. I just want all the assists. So like, if I say something, yeah. <laughs> it should all. Im- Im- improv is a team sport. That's yeah. It has to be. It has yeah. to be. Or 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 what happens is, you you again. It's it's that that balance point, right? If you get a if you get someone who doesn't want to make a choice, then your shows are not going to be interesting. But if you get somebody who's making all the choices, your shows are going to be overpowered by that person. So it's like right. that's why improv teams in my mind should always practice weekly practice even if you're not doing shows you should always practice be inside of each other's minds a little bit so that when you get up on the you know the theater it's not happening you know it's just it's a conti- the improv show is a window to a continued evolution of your performing relationship right that's good yeah Whoa. Oh, I'm dropping wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Oh my God. And that's one to grow on. And the more you know. Um, but yeah, it's true. It's like it's like that's that's the way you have to get to people to think about it. And and sometimes people want to do, oh my God, I'm gonna do this funny thing that is like hilarious. And it's like, well, your audiences get smarter too as you do more shows. You know what I mean? And so yeah. sometimes they're like, well, you know, we've seen this game. Well, let's change it up a little bit. And then let's let's make our own game. You know what I mean? Sometimes people are like, I, I went to the improv website and found it's like make up a game that you could have between, you know, like like, you know, I've seen people use um, uh, cards against humanity cards as great ways of getting audience suggestions. So, yeah. 
So anyway, um, yeah. Am I talking about the right thing? Is there something oh, else we need to talk about? Okay. This is great. We could we can move on to our to our curse the darkness segment. Uh, I want to do that. Cool. I don't so, know what it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a chinese proverb that goes like i'd rather light a candle than curse the darkness amen and, and so uh so <laughs> in opposition to that uh we'd like you to curse the darkness so we'd like you to complain about something that you don't have any any plans to to fix uh any anything you want to gripe about that like oh i could i could put some effort towards fixing this but yeah I'm, I'm i'm okay where where i am can I, th do I get a second? Should I have yeah, pre-thought sure, about this? Yeah, okay. you can get a second. So something that irks me that uh -huh. I can complain about, but have no interest in fixing. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. right. If you can narrow it down to one thing. <laughs> God, I know, that's what I'm saying. Does it have to be real or can it be a trivial, trite piece of ass? What yes. do you prefor? Either, either or. Either okay. or trivial the better. Yeah. I have... I have something that okay. I am sick and fucking tired of. <laughs> oh, my God. And I, I see it all the time. And I think to myself, where are we? Where are we as a people? <laughs> Why are we doing this? And I'm going to tell you what it is. It's pre-foamed hand soap. <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, are we at a place where creating lather... It's no longer, I mean, it's just like a thing where it's like, oh, I'm too tired. My hand, I can't rub them together. It's like we have to pre, we have to pre-lather. I don't want to pre-lather. I want the feeling of like, I'm getting it clean. That's the whole point of lather is I'm creating the lather. It's proof. It's proof. There's clean here. But once the lather is already there, where's the work? Where's the clean? We have pre-foam. We have foaming soap in our bathroom right what now. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> hey, That's I'm why sorry. America's children are weak. <laughs> they never had to make foam. They didn't have to lather. They never had a bar of soap. Did you ever have a bar of soap where you had to rub it on your skin? You're like, uh, I got to get this lather here, baby. Yeah. I got. And then you're like, why is my skin so dry? I don't understand this. I got to lather more. I need more lather. Ah. Uh. But well, am I going to do anything about it? No, I'll just no. like I'll just like oh, this is so dumb. This is so We're dumb. past the point of no return. <laughs> blah blah blah. Oh, I got pre-lathered. <laughs> then I like I put my hand under. I don't even have to turn anything on. It starts. Then a fucking blower starts already. It's like I didn't have to work to do anything. I had to hell hold my dick. That's the only thing I had to do. <laughs> I just oh, feel man. like that's that that's what I that that was that was what the first thing that came to my mind. Okay, and so we're that's not going to write our congressman about that. No, no. Yeah, in, fact, in fact, I'm sometimes surprised, like, where you, you put your hand under and it's like actual soap. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. I like this place. I like this place a lot. This place is fancy. Yeah. And, and listen, you want, you want to know, and I'm sorry if, this, if, you, if you lose some sponsors here, but you know what I think really are the scum of the earth? The people who put... The fucking hand sanitizer in the soap dispenser. And you know, it's like, it's not soap. It's not soap. There's nothing. It's like your hands, are, and you can smell it's a little alcohol. I'm like, that is, it's even worse. Or no soap, and it's just hand sanitizer. It's like, that's not the same as washing your hands. If this last year has taught me anything. Uh -huh. That's what it is. So, that's, that's, that's the funny. one thing. That's the one thing. you got to have soap. Excellent.
Oh, well, perfect. <laughs> well, perfect. Dennis Price, Dennis Price, thank you very much for joining us. This has been a fantastic, fantastic conversation. A little peek into the the world of Dennis Price and improv. Oh, God help us. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. I think I think the state of Maine comedy is very good right now, and yes. I think that. Um, I think that there are some some things that can happen in terms of taking the next step that I, I'd like to be a part of. I think you guys will be a part of. But like, you know, we 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 we're we're gonna make it happen. Excellent. I love. All that. right, that's great. Thank you, Dennis Price, everyone. Yay! Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was Dennis Price, and holy crow, what a funny guy. Sometimes I wonder how a person's brain can constantly come up with smart, witty things to say, and he's an example of that type of person. Yeah, it was a pleasure to have a chance to chat and laugh with him. I didn't realize how much I missed him. Like Dennis mentioned, you can find him at CapitalCityImprov.com and through FriendsOfComestonHall.org or through their social media. Whether you're local or not, if you're visiting Maine, that theater is a one of a kind, and you must see it to truly understand what a treasure it is. I'm so glad he's involved with the continued success there. Agreed. Thank you, Leonard, and thanks to everyone who listened. Tell your friends and follow Comedy Think Tank wherever you can. Be sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at Comedy Think Tanked, Twitter at Comedy Tanked, and our website, ComedyThinkTanked.com. Email us at ComedyThinkTanked at gmail.com. Good day. Theme music was written and produced by a minor, Ralph Bergfeld. No comedians were hurt in the production of this podcast. All audio snippets of actual funny punchlines were not written or performed by any of us or our subsidiaries. Rather, they are express written bits of professionals we admire. Let the civil actions be filed. Any opinion heard, actual or implied, is that of the comedy think tank producers and their guests. Any slight, insult, affront, slur, disparaging remark, snub, rebuff, rejection, or spurning, no matter how derogatory, pejorative, or abusive you may feel it is, was not intended, but for comedic, entertaining purposes only. Thanks for listening. Oh, I'm dropping wisdom, wisdom, wisdom.